A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, I speak to Tyler Shaw. It's a wonderful chat, this. Uh, we do it over Zoom. Uh, Tyler is at home in Vancouver. And we have a wonderful chat about records and his journey. And, well, you know the, you know the score by now. You've listened to enough of these shows. Well, if you haven't, if this is your first time listening to Off The Beat and Track, well, when you get to the end of this chat with Tyler, have a look in the archives because... Um, you can see some amazing discussions that I've had with some wonderful people, um, as uh, artists as diverse as Chuck D of Public Enemy, Tommy Lee of Motley Crue, Mel C of the Spice Girls, Fatboy Slim. Gosh, uh, the, li- the list goes on. I, I, there's, there's about 240 episodes, so go and have a little look in the, the back catalogue and see which ones uh, tickle your fancy. And uh, But anyway... The main thing that you're here for is today's episode. So just before we press play on that, uh, just a quick thank you to 76 for producing this podcast uh, and thank you to Scroobius Pip and everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network. One more thing, if you do enjoy this uh, and you'd like to kind of support the podcast and get behind it and get access to loads more other content, then aside from the, the other 223 episodes that I've been telling you about, I have a Patreon page, and that Patreon page allows me to kind of, you know, make a couple of bob to to help sort of finance the the production and the putting together of this podcast. So um, if you want to head over to Patreon, it's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash off the beat and track. And for about 71 pence a week, uh, you get access to... Uh, about another 300 shows in the back catalogue there um, and loads of video episodes and I put up four radio shows a week over there. So you get loads and loads of extra content as well for about 71p a month. So uh, you can find out about everything I've just spoken about at www.offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. Right, I know where you're here, so let's get on with it. Please enjoy Off The Beat and Track Podcast with Tyler Shaw. Off the Beat and Track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whiffin. Okay, we are recording. Joining me today via the means of Zoom is Tyler Shaw. Hey. Hello, hello. How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you, Stu? Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Whereabouts are you, Tyler? I'm in Toronto, Canada. Nice, nice. What's the... 
What's the situation like? I mean, just just for, for listeners, we should point out that we're recording this on the 11th of January. So, so, so what's the kind of lockdown quarantine life like in in in, uh, in where, where you are? I mean, it's I, I I would assume it's most like the entire world right now. We are in a full lockdown. You know, only essential services are open, so grocery stores. Uh, liquor stores, great, um, and that, all that kind of stuff. So it's uh, it's been a weird year, as I'm sure you know. You know, in the UK, like it's it's been a very weird year. How have you found it? Uh, I mean, as a human being, how have you found it personally, and uh, and how have you found it creatively, you know, professionally? Yeah, um, I mean, personally and creatively or two in the one, um, for me. So I remember when the lockdown first, um, happened, it was like March of 2020. And I was actually, uh, the day that the NHL got shut down, the NBA got shut down like everything just got shut down. The day after that, I was actually supposed to fly to Los Angeles and do a bunch of writing for the third album I have coming out this year. Um, and that didn't happen. So I was supposed to do all these, these traveling, this, this travel plans, and that all fell apart. So I came home and I was just sitting here. I was like, I, I've never done this before. Like, this is the longest period of time where I've been able to just sit at home. And it took me like a good probably two or three weeks to to wrap my head around the concept of of like, there's a, there's a pandemic. Everyone's quarantined. There's the lockdown. It's very different. I've never been through something like this before. Um, so it took me a long time to realize that. And it was mentally like it hurt, you know, it was like yeah. it, I felt depressed at times. And I was like, I'm not doing anything with my life. I'm just sitting at home. Sure. I'm casually working on music, but the inspiration just was like, I had all these travel plans and travel for me is big when it comes for inspiration and writing, like always on the go and moving and moving. So it was this paradigm shift that my mind had to, to do is like, you're not going to be traveling this year. So we need to shift things and, and focus uh, and still be able to write an album while, yeah. while at home and in quarantine. So at that moment, you know, um, it was summertime. And finally in Canada, you know, the, the winters are brutal. So finally the sun shines out and, you know, I was out, be able to go in the backyard. So every morning I would make a cup of tea, bring a book out and just like for the first 30 minutes, just like be with myself and just like reflect. If I'm not reading, I'm just drinking and, drinking my tea and, and looking out into space and just like really reflecting on everything that's happened thus far in the year, really reflecting about myself, reflecting on my relationships, my friendships, everything. And that really opened up a space in my mind that I don't think I've ever, um, haven't had the time to do that before. Um, so sort of a long winded, long winded answer to your question, but it's affected me, uh, at the beginning in a negative way but out of that negative negativity came this blossoming beautiful um discovery of of self and of my relationships and of artistry so have you found that 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 kind of reflection and 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 the space that that's you know given given your mind do, do you feel that that in itself has then kind of inspired creativity I think so. Yeah. In a, in a way, like, um, a lot of ideas would come through transit, uh, before this pandemic, but now 
ideas are coming when I'm sitting and I'm not doing anything or I'm doing really mundane work around the house. So I don't know if that, if there's a reason why, but it just, uh, I think that reflection definitely, you know, triggered some chemical reaction in the brain um, that I haven't had before. And it made things just spark a little bit more. Great. Well, let's talk records. Uh, Tyler, for track one, I'm going to ask you to tell me the song that you regard as having the greatest ever intro, please. Yes. Um, I strongly believe that Viva La Vida by Coldplay is one of the most epic intros you'll ever hear. Um, And I remember seeing them live at the Rose Rose Bowl in L.A. And when that song came on, it just it just reinforced that fact for me. Like everyone knows it. It just gets your heart rate going and it's just you know what's coming. Right. So it's it's it's, it's a strange one. I, I saw Coldplay very, very early on. Mm-hmm. And uh, like ahead of the first album coming out, and there was wow. there was a lot of hype around them. They'd done a an EP called the Blue Blue Room, uh, and uh, and it had a track on there called Bigger Stronger, that was just a beautiful record. And mm-hmm. uh, and then obviously Yellow comes out, and 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 the, everything changes. And before you know it, come the, the second album, there they're shoulder to shoulder with you two as arguably one of the biggest rock bands in the yep. world. And I think. As they kind of progressed, I, I kind of I sort of lost my way with them a little bit, and until uh, recently, if you watch the um, the documentary film that, that come out maybe a year or so ago, I haven't yet, but it's on my list of things to watch. Oh, Tyler, honestly, they've documented from them very early gigs, yeah, right the way through to now. And it just completely changed my opinion of of of, of Coldplay. The essence, yeah. they're they're four friends, and it's like, right. and that journey is 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 well. There's five friends. The manager's the fifth member who's been with them from right. day one as well. And the whole story, it's it's brilliant. There's just footage that you've never seen before of them backstage at their first ever show at this tiny little pub in London, and it's and then obviously it goes right the way up to gigs like the rose bar right and, i uh, love that type of stuff the oh, storytelling the, the journey it's 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 fantastic it's, to it's see. wonderful and and yeah. they touch on you know all sort of things that it's the full journey you know you, you obviously you can't get the highs mm. about the lows you get the addiction you get the you know the the the, mm. the the rivalry within the band and the egos and that and then how they've come through it or it's it's uh yeah it made yeah. me view coldplay in a completely different way and uh kind of reignited awesome. my, my my love for him anyway so yeah uh, good good yeah it's uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. I'm really in- interested in asking you this question, uh, Tyler, because when it comes to intros, sometimes I speak to um, musicians that uh, mm-hmm. have been releasing records for you know twenty, thirty years, and so I'm I'm interested in speaking to somebody who's you know finding their place in the in you know in the industry and and, and making mm-hmm. their making their mark now, and and what I want to ask you. Um, is, I mean, we've just spoke about Coldplay there that are a very kind of prime example of that kind of traditional songwriting structure. And mm-hmm. from when Coldplay first started to where Coldplay are now, the way that people listen to music is very, very different, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's all very much Spotify and, and streaming services. And so I'm very interested into, into asking you this, that the fact that we live in a, a world now where, um, I won't use the word disposable, but the, the attention spans are very, very fast. 
And, right. you know, if you, you go on Spotify, there's a, a myriad of options down the side of the page. You know, same on YouTube. You might like this. You might like this. You know, distractions from just immerse yourself in this one track that you're listening to. Are these things considerations as a, as a modern songwriter that them things are in place? So when I'm writing an intro mm-hmm. and a song and the song to hook them quite quickly and try and grab their attention. Is that something that you, you, you very much consider when you approach songwriting? Um, it's a long winded yes, question there, Tyler. Yeah, Sorry. No, no, it's no, it's, it makes total sense though. Um, I'm just trying to find an answer for this. Yes. And no, when I'm sitting down to write, I don't, I try not to think about the, the structure and the mathematics uh, towards songwriting. I, I really zero in on putting the, uh, the feeling and the vibe of what is coming with the chords when I'm creating the song um, so that nothing, nothing gets in the way. The beautiful thing about music is that songs don't expire. So if I write, if I write a song and I'm like, you know what, the intro or the first 30 seconds need to be a little tighter, then, you know, you can go back and be like, you know, let's change this, let's change this, whatever, or that was great. Let's move this here and and piece it all together. Um, The attention span thing though. Yeah, it has, it has changed. You know, I'm thinking about, Another great intro is Hotel California by the Eagles. But that intro is like super, super long. And I'm wondering... Would that even get on the radio now? Right. Yeah. (laughs) Like, but if they were to release it, or not even the Eagles, but like a new or a a hot band or an artist, if they were to release something that has an intro like a minute long, I can't can't see it doing well because people would be like, get to it, you know, get to it. So uh, there's... I love the artistry of that. You know, you're really taking the time to, to set up the story. And I love that with music, but as a, as a musician and as an artist, I love that. But as a general listener, I, I think people just want it. They want the hook. They yeah. want that stuff so fast. So um, to answer your question, yeah, it, it's, it's important. It's something I do think about, but I try to think about it after the fact. You still kind of approach the, the actual bare bones of the song as a more traditional songwriter. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Excellent. Okay, well, let's take you back for track two. Uh, I'm going to ask you the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you, please. What was that? Oh, it was John Mayer. John Mayer's Slow Dancing in a Burning Room. You hear it again, you hear the intro, that guitar line. Do, do, boom. Do, do, do. that's like i immediately cry you know <laughs> it's so emotional in the guitar riff and then obviously everything else comes in but um i discovered john mayer back when i was in grade six so what are you at grade six like 11 or 12 maybe um and that whole live at uh, nokia theater in la compilation album that he has on online is that just i dove into that but specifically slow dancing in a burning room was uh, definitely something I just like would walk to school in and it would be raining in Vancouver and I wouldn't even carry an umbrella. I wouldn't care, you know, just be like soaked and listening to it, just jamming and walking to school. Right, I'm going to ask you something now and I want you to be honest, right? When you was doing that, was you picturing yourself like you was in a music video? 100% all the time, <laughs> all the time. Go. <laughs> yeah, music video or even like a movie trailer, you know, yeah. like I'm, I'm, yeah, all that stuff. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Brilliant, brilliant. 
Can yeah. you remember the emotion that it, it, it made you feel? You know, I think at that time, um, I was I was kind of like going through my first crush um, or crushes. You know, like I like this girl, I like this girl, and I, I was shortly after like a breakup, whatever, if a breakup even makes sense in grade six, you know, and that was kind of where it was like, Oh, everything hurts, you know, take this pain away. Um, and that's, that's probably, I was feeling that emotion and that song just like brought it over the edge and like in a way healed me, but at the same time, let the feelings just like go. Well, let, let me ask you this then. So something you just sort of lean towards there and I'm always curious when I speak to uh, creatives about this question if you're if you're having a, a you know a low day you're feeling you're feeling blue um do you then think right let's go and and put something really upbeat on and, and try and lift me or are you happy to work your way through that emotion and and immerse yourself in your mare or, or something that you know is going to kind of soothe that kind of melancholy I think that uh, makes way more sense in my mind is if I'm feeling, if I'm feeling shitty, I will write like a very, um, ballady or it could be an up, up tempo song, but the lyric and the melodies and the chords will be more of like on the minor side of things, um, dreary and emotional, yeah. um, versus like, you know, you think of a bright, sunny LA day or a summer, bright, sunny summer day, then I'm kind of more towards, um, you know, let's have some fun know a poor cocktail in the afternoon and let's write a song about tequila or something i don't know yeah um so that's that's kind of where my emotion leads the song depending on how i'm feeling that day okay there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss that's plushcare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Well, I'm going to keep you in the uh, the formative years for track three. Uh, the song that reminds you of your time at school, please, Tyler. Ooh. Um, hey there, Delilah, what's it like in New York City? I'm a thousand miles away, but girl, tonight you look so pretty. Yes, you do. That one, plain white tees. Uh, that one's like, I'm pretty sure that probably has the most plays on my 
on my iPod shuffle back in the day or my iPod <laughs> nano, right? <laughs> um, that was such a good, that was such a good song. That was like, I was into all the uh, emo bands, if you will, like, um, I guess not emo, like punk rock, Blink-182, Blink Sum 41. Um, I don't know if you know My, My Chemical Romance. Of course. Like all those, all those like emo-y bands, that was like, the era for me uh was middle school again so so is this panic and fall out boy and that as well yeah oh, absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah yeah but that song in particular was i don't know i don't know what it was about it it was so simple acoustic guitar and vocal got well, me I, I guess for that whole emo thing it was very different from you know all the other aforementioned bands you know i i, yeah. I, I guess maybe if i miss you blink pulled out an acoustic guitar but but generally it was far more raucous and 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 you know and, and noisy and, and plain white tees yeah. is a very very soft record isn't it yeah definitely definitely and i think that was a transition too because i remember growing up listening to like uh rage against the machine and tool and nickelback and rage you've never had a song with an acoustic guitar on it no, <laughs> no. Sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah if it was it was probably through some kind of distortion yeah. and chorus and all that. yeah um but then something happened i might have fallen deep in love and then i started like listening to michael buble and jack johnson and uh all these acoustic you know easy listening uh music stuff so i'm guessing that was probably in the transition phase it was like oh like what's this acoustic guitar that's cool so how was school did you enjoy it i actually did i did enjoy school you know um I'm still, I still have friends from, from my middle school, from even elementary school. Um, it was, uh, it was a fun time for me. And I'm, I'm, I know I'm lucky to say that cause I'm, I know a lot of people don't have a good time in high school and it's so unfortunate, but I, I am fortunate enough to say that high school was a, was a fun time for me. Was you a creative kid? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, growing up, uh, with a household, my mom was a piano teacher, um, I played actually played football a lot. And I'm talking football, like you guys say football, not American football. Right. Um, I played it basically the day I was born. My father, huge Man U fan. Uh, that doesn't make me a Man U fan, though. I'll okay. just put that out there. <laughs> um, but he like loves loves soccer, and I was playing it day in day out, like five days a week. Loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. I actually wanted to become a professional soccer player. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I definitely did, and uh, was was hoping to up until this music thing obviously came about. But we can get into that later. Creatively, though, everything happened um, seems to have happened around grade six again, around ten, twelve, thirteen, um, around there, where you know there was always a piano in the house, but I never really played it until around then. Um, that's when my older brother joined the school band and he started playing drums. I thought that was the coolest thing ever. I want to play the drums. I want to be just like my big brother, you know? Um, and then I just started picking up more instruments, the electric guitar, the, the bass, the acoustic guitar, um, the piano, I started playing more and more and more. So in that aspect, the art creativity thing, um, was starting to, to be born. Was that go on? Sorry. I was just going to say, I think. I don't know if there's a correlation. I don't know if there's a study that's done this, but for athletes who, who are creatively doing music, I wonder if there's a correlation between the two. I have no idea, but I'm just thinking now, like because of my involvement in, in high level football, 
I'm, I'm wondering if all the training and all the, the tactics and the skill set that you develop playing a sport like that is helpful to the creation process of music. I have interviewed a lot of musicians on this podcast and I would say a fair few of them when I ask, what did you want to be when you was at school? Would say, I really wanted to be a football player. I had trials for this team, this team, this team. It was looking really, really good. And then music yeah. kind of got hold of me. And yeah, you're not alone there. It definitely felt like okay. that was that was something. You definitely, you definitely right there. Cool, very cool. Um, you, you mentioned that you you know you started picking up the instruments and and then went and sat at the piano. So did your did your mum kind of like let you sort of find it off your own accord? It wasn't something that it's like right. I'm a piano teacher. You need to learn piano. You know, it was just like it's there. It's ready when you are. That's exactly how she was. Uh, she approached the situation. I remember she actually signed me up for piano lessons with a with a completely different piano teacher, and I hated it. I absolutely hated. it. I was like, I'm never playing piano ever. And then that was before. Obviously, that was probably like you know elementary school. Um, and then I don't know. I was it was staring at me one day, and I just started playing. And you know that was however many years ago, um, twenty years ago or so. So. I think I think her approach was correct and she's always been supportive of it. You know, she never pushed me to do something I never wanted to do and if I told her I had a dream, she was always there to support it. So wonderful. I mean, to to do what you do takes confidence. Um were you a confident young man? Am I? Was you? As a was young I? lad. I think in some aspects, yeah, but I always, I think, I think a lot of artists would say the same thing. We're, we're own, we are our own worst critic. So when it comes to, to anything really, but especially the music, you're always second guessing yourself. Oh, is that, is that, does that sound good? Even do I sound good? Are those chords right? No, this is shit. Let's, let's do it again. Or should I, re- is that a cool lyric? Or is that a stupid cheesy lyric? You just never know, especially when you're starting out. Um, you, especially performing too, you write this material because I never, I never really enjoyed doing covers. I always thought, you know, why would I, why would I recreate someone's work when I can just create my own? Yeah. So I, I wrote a lot of my originals right from the get go and I would perform them at like, excuse me, coffee shops, um, or even go busking downtown Vancouver. Um, the coffee shops were more intimidating because people are actually staring at you and you can see their faces and their reaction, but you just play along and you're just like, I remember, I remember this one time you just you start playing and you're not even thinking about the song. You're like, I hope people like it. Oh, that guy looks bored. Oh, she's smiling. Maybe she likes it. You know, you're not even thinking about the song, which now is like, that's not the right way to do it. Yeah. You know, be one with the song and people will, people will react the way you react to it. Um, so the confidence thing, it, it, I guess I was to a certain extent, but there was always this lingering, am I good enough? And you know what? Even to this day, am I good enough? It's always, it's always, I hope it's not always there, but I feel like it'll never go away. But it, you can argue that will make you better. Cause you I, always I don't, want to I don't think there's anything unhealthy to have a little bit of imposter syndrome. I think it's like, I, I think we all have it. And I think, you know, yeah. sometimes, you know, you should be able to, you know, you should constantly sort of readdress it and, and, you know, 
<laughs> yeah, I think I don't think that's necessarily un, an unhealthy thing. What about? Um, right. I mean, in the industry that you're in, and in the same with, 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 with football, would that have been a choice? Um, are you are you a very driven person? Yes, um, I think the the word that I've always kind of kept in my mind, and the and the motto that I've had since playing football as a young age is be ambitious and don't ever give up. Those two things. Um, but with that, I feel like I get discouraged very easily. Um, so as, as hard hitting, uh, a fast driving driven person as I am, I could be stopped just as fast with whatever it is that dis- discourages me or, 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 you know, the negativity that develops, um, through in my own head or throughout others who are showing me negativity. So, um, yeah, I guess hopefully that answers your question. <laughs> it does, it does. Um, for the next question, uh, I'm going to ask you for track four. Tyler, the first song you remember buying from a record store? First song or first album? It can be either. I remember buying... Um, <laughs> uh, this might be controversial, I don't know, because a lot of people hate this band. Silver Side Up by Nickelback. <laughs> That is a controversial one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, they get you know a rough what? ride, man. They get a rough ride. I, I, you know what? I, I'm not going to lie. I enjoyed their music. That's why I bought their album, you know, and I don't see anything wrong with them. Maybe, I, I don't know what it is. I really don't know what it is. But Well, well I mean, I don't know what it is. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not necessarily a, a mega fan by, by, any, no, no. by any means, but it is pretty much straight up rock and roll played by four or five guys with instruments and it's like yeah i don't know why they're so divisive like (laughs) they've not exactly got a very very strong you know confrontational look they just look like a rock and roll band it's uh i don't know but man that band divides people doesn't it i know i know it it, it totally does but um uh, that was my first album I remember buying anyway, so. <laughs> did you, um, did you like hanging out in record shops? It wasn't, um, I mean, yeah, actually, it was the HMV, I think was the most popular one. Um, I can't, I can't remember, like, I would hang out at the mall and we would always go through, like, a couple laps and we'd always pop into HMV. That's always a store we'd go into, but it wasn't like if I heard a record, uh, come out i wouldn't rush to the to the to yeah. hmb to get it um very rarely did that happen so i i obviously i enjoy going in there and i remember when they were still a thing like obviously i went to see like my cd stacked up there and um and it would be like a dream walking in be like oh how how cool would it be to have this um be like one of my own cds be here one day um but it wasn't like a 24 7 obsession yeah over over there yeah so did you go in and see your own cds in there yeah i did how did My that first feel CD came up. <sighs> dream come true man like uh 2015 was was my first album and i remember walking in there it was just the coolest it was the coolest feeling and i i don't know how to describe it um i really don't it's just your your work and your blood sweat and tears um are or sitting on a shelf, you know what I mean? Uh, or hopefully not because it's flying off the shelves because people are buying them. <laughs> um, yeah. But it, they were there and it's just, it's such a cool feeling that it's, it's, 
it's it's magical to to have that product. Oh, great. Well- Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Oh, I'm going to kind of bring you uh, uh, forward from, uh, from the earlier years now to... Uh, yeah for track five which is the song that soundtrack your years clubbing i mean you're still a, a very young man you can still go clubbing but uh what what memories <laughs> like have you got of clubbing and what will be the the song that reminds you of that i think um uh chris brown has a lot had a lot of music that was so fun to to dance to back then we had these things called uh mtv music video dances i don't know if you guys had them over there but basically what they would do is this company would bring in a massive or two massive screams and usually like a gymnasium and they would project the music video while the music plays. And it would just be like a playlist that yeah, goes yeah, for yeah, yeah. an hour and a half. And there, I swear it was like Chris Brown only. I don't know if it was just my, the talent I grew up in, but I remember run it by Chris Brown was like the one everyone you hear the intro with that synth. And that's like, uh, it was like a 909 or maybe an 808. Um, everyone's just like, oh, yeah. You know, everyone knows it. Everyone's like on the dance floor right away. Um, so specifically, I think that song, Run It by Chris Brown. Yeah. Was you a fan of clubbing? You know what? I way prefer the bar scene. Sit down with some, some buddies, have a pint, you know, engage in some good conversation. I, I did the uh, I did my fair share of clubbing in university, but um, you know maybe this is I just like talking now. I like talking to people and hearing stories, and instead of being like, "Hi, what? Oh, no. Hi, <laughs> what?" It's uh, it's just no point. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. absolutely. All right. Um, for track six, I'm going to take you home. Uh, I want a favorite song from an artist from your home county, please. Ooh, I think uh, like of all time, you know what's my home? My home country or like my my city? Um, I mean, if you can do city, great. If not, we can go with country. I think. Well, I'll have two here because great. Michael Bublé is from British Columbia. That's where I'm from. But Justin Bieber just released, I think, one of his best songs ever called "Anyone." And I heard it like last week when he released it. And I was like, holy shit, this is, this is his best song. I feel like this is his best song. So I'm obsessed with that one right now. Um, for someone who's from Vancouver, British Columbia, uh, Michael Bublé, like massive fan, have always been a massive fan. And I've always sang his song, Everything. And like, there's this one part in it. And I can't believe that I'm your man. That part, don't know why. It's just like, Yes, I love that. I don't know why. I have no idea why, but I've always felt that way. Um, I mean, you've just pinpointed a bit of a song, and then you've just mentioned Bieber's new record. And so if you find a new song and you go, I like that, are you one of them people that then just listens to it 50 times? 
I've actually only listened to it twice since since he released it. Okay. Um, it also depends what I'm doing. So if I'm traveling, I'm always listening to music, and I have like a running playlist on Spotify um, that people can actually follow. It's kind of like current music that I'm listening to that that inspires me. So in that case, like plane rides or bus rides or you know driving the car, I'll throw that on. But since there's nowhere to go, I'm kind of like yeah. at home. You know, not doing much. Um, and when I'm at home, I don't, I don't generally listen to like pop music or or anything like that. I actually throw on like jazz or classical or lo-fi beats just to because I'm surrounded by pop so much. I like to just make it make my mind think elsewhere. You know, when when you do hear pop. Can you distance yourself from it as a creative or as soon as you hear it, are you stripping that song and breaking it down in your head and thinking, fuck, how did you do that? Yeah, yeah. I I actually remember the the day, or not the day, but like the timing of all that transitioning into that thinking. I long, I miss the days where I would just be able to like listen innocently, naively, to music and just like listen to it because i'm so in it i'm like oh that's a cool kick sound oh look where it went for that pre you know like oh cool that was cool it's the, re- it's, the reason i ask is when you said the chris brown thing you went yes uh, i'm thinking it's a 909 or an 808 it's like it doesn't matter like, it doesn't matter <laughs> doesn't matter you're right you're right <clears throat> you're absolutely right <laughs> Oh, I'm the same, man. I'm the same. Don't worry. (laughs) Yeah, no, back then it didn't matter. But now I'm thinking, no, yeah, it had like that, you know, cheap little drum sound. It doesn't matter. You're totally right. You're totally right. I mean, it's it's a good thing and a bad thing because then you can draw inspiration and references for for the music you're creating. But at the same time, you that's why maybe that's why I throw on classical and jazz because it's like that's something that's background noise to me. I'm, I'm not I'm not working. I'm not studying the song. I'm just I'm just I'm literally listening to it as it is. Yeah. So maybe that's why. Well, for the last song, uh, you get to be DJ now um, because you can turn someone onto something new. For track seven, uh, it's a song that many may not know that you would like them to hear. I uh, I discovered this artist, um, or not? I didn't discover him, but I found him on Spotify this this year, or last year. His name's Blake Rose. He's from Australia, and he he has a song called Lady, and I. I'm in, I've been in love with the song for almost two years now. It's well-written, beautifully produced, um, easy listening song. And he's on the newer side of things, I, I, I assume, I think. Um, so if you haven't heard of him or if you haven't heard this song specifically, he's got fantastic music and he does it all himself um, production-wise and, and writing-wise. So super talented guy. Was that just a, a kind of a recommend on on spotify just through searching and just that come up yeah i threw on a playlist like a i don't know chill at home playlist or whatever and that happened to come up one of his songs and i was like who like who is this i've never heard this guy before liked it did a deep dive now i'm a fan wonderful um well, what we do is we also put together a Spotify playlist to accompany this podcast. So we'll put on all the tracks awesome. that we've we've spoken about today, Tyler. Um, as we find ourselves starting a new year um, in a in quite a weird place at the moment, um, you know, with with vaccinations happening and 
and lockdown, you know, doing what it's doing. Hopefully, we're going to see a, you know, a, a return to an element of normality as as the year starts to unfold. Um, Tyler, what are you looking forward to this year personally, and what's happening professionally? I think I'll start off personally. Um, I just had my first kid, uh, December twentieth. Amazing! Thank you so much. Yeah, so we have a, a little daughter. Her name's Everly. And it is such a life-changing event. I know everyone says it, but it, it really is. So, um, you know, it, that's the silver lining in this whole quarantine situation. Because I found out, you know, we were having uh, a baby on my birthday, April 8th on, on, in 2020. So I was home for the entire pregnancy to, to support my wife. And um, she was born December 20th. And now it's like we're in another lockdown. So I'm here seeing all the changes um, being here to support uh, the family, which is so, so exceptional. Um, it's such a beautiful thing. So that I'm really excited for to see the, see the growth of my daughter and just be there yeah. for her and um, be, you know, to be a family. Um, professionally, I got a new song coming out this Friday, January 15th. It's called When You're Home. It was actually written in the UK um, uh, back in March of 2020 before the pandemic even started. And I don't know what it is about London specifically, but I love it there so much. And I do my best writing over there. It might have something to do with me growing up in Vancouver and like there's the same kind of climate. But this song is my best written song to date. Like I'm in love with this song so much and I'm hopeful that people will feel the same way. Um, so that I'm very much looking forward to alongside all the other new music that I'm going to be releasing this year with an album uh, coming later in the spring. It's just, uh, this is my best work and I'm extremely proud of it. And, you know, the team I have behind me has been growing and we've been closer than ever, which is, you, you need that, you know, you need a good support system uh, professionally and personally. So to have that um, alongside just good music, good solid music is setting this year up to be uh, a memorable one. Wonderful. For people that want to keep up to speed on, on, on what's happening professionally, where's the best place to, to follow you, Tyler? Uh, the handle is at Tyler Shaw Music across all socials, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, you name it. Wonderful. Tyler, it's been a real privilege chatting to you today. Thank you so much for your time and best of luck with all the music this year. And, uh, Thanks, yeah, and, and enjoy your time with your family. It sounds amazing. Thank you. Appreciate it, Stu. Wonderful. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thanks loads, Tyler. There you go. Tyler Shaw, what an absolutely wonderful man. Um, lovely episode, that. Just, I, I think possibly the first guest I've had uh, that was based in Canada. Am I right? I think I, I think it is. Um, but yeah, wonderful chat. I hope you've lot got um, as much uh, pleasure out of listening to that as I did having that chat. Um, I'll be back soon. In the meantime, uh, head over to www.offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com and have a look in the archives and, and see which episodes you've missed because there's about 250 now with all your favourite musicians, producers, actors, comedians, DJs, etc. Yeah, hope you're all well. Hope you're doing okay in this lockdown. Um, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, guys, and uh, and we'll get there hopefully sooner rather than later. Um, stay safe, everyone, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. I've got an announcement. Save Our Souls Clothing. www.com.
sosclothing.co.uk. Why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And what I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year. And they're based in South End on Sea, just up the road from me. They put the company together based on a, a love of tattoos and alternative music. And they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All of the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable and water-based inks. In addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fairwear Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. Since going live in April last year, they've seen their audience grow massively and are now selling orders all across the world. And they were recognised by Cosmopolitan magazine as one of the best sustainable clothing brands alongside names such as Stella McCartney. I mean, that's quite a first year, right? So, go and check them out because they've put a lot of love into supporting this podcast and I couldn't be happier. What else they've done is they've given you 15% off. So if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk, do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code BEAT15, B-E-A-T-1-5, and that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk official sponsors of Off The Beat and Track Podcast. It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Hey,